Welcome to the Mahama Podcast, episode 109. How you doing, Al? Hi, Mel. How are you? I'm all right. This is a bit different to the last time we recorded a podcast together, isn't it, Al? Very different. Really, Didn't really, really know what was in the future back then. I know. Three weeks can change a lot. Um, Steve was on with us last week. Al had a lovely week off. I hope you had a good time, Al. I'm pretending like we haven't talked in this week since you've been back. Time. <laughs> Uh, the new issue of Metal Hammer is out right now. Um, it's the first issue we've released in this strange new world that we're all living in. So we're very proud to have got it out there. Um, you can see how quickly time has moved uh, since we, we put that issue to bed because the lead news story, and it is a big thing about downloads plans, which at that point was still planned. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really strange to think how fast everything has moved since then. But that all said, uh, the new issue is... Um, I think one of the coolest things we've done in ages and we're really proud of it. It's a world exclusive interview with Dave Mustaine from Megadeth, who has obviously been through this huge cancer battle over the last year. Um, he announced on stage at Wembley at the end of January that he was cancer free. Uh, so we have a world exclusive interview with Dave talking about that. We um, met up with him in top secret uh, in a, a, a photo studio. What's that? A photo studio in uh, Nashville, Texas. And when we got a really nice shoot done by Jeremy Saffer and a wonderful interview done by Jamie Blaine, shout out to him, first time he's written for Hammer. Um, it's a really moving, uplifting piece with Dave and kind of shows him in a light that I don't think we're really used to, to seeing him really. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think it's just, a, it's just a really nice kind of sit down, candid, open chat about what he's been through and where he's going. And I just really liked the way Jamie made it feel like he was talking to a friend and uh, there's lots of nice colour about Dave Mustaine's dogs in there as well. Yeah, love which is very dogs. funny. They, well, yeah. I think they made a, 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 a cameo appearance on the, on the video Dave put on Twitter yesterday. They he, did. You know, he put a bit of a like, kind of hang in there, everybody, kind of vid, which was nice. Um, but yeah, it's a really great issue. It, and it also comes with a cool little book we put together that, collect, that collects loads of Dave Mustaine's greatest quotes. And as we know, there's been a fucking lot of them over the years. Um, also comes with four exclusive Megadeth postcards. Obviously, we're not going to try and tell everyone to kind of run out and, and spend loads of time outside trying to track this issue down. But if you do happen to be in a supermarket doing uh, shopping for more important things and you go past the magazine aisle and you see an issue of Metal Hammer on there, we very much appreciate you guys picking it up. If you want to um, get it delivered direct to your door, you can go right to uh, tinyurl.com slash buyhammer. Um, where you can get it online and get it posted to you safe and sound. But yeah, it's out now. It's an awesome issue. We've got loads of stuff in there. There's an excellent feature with Trivium in there who um, have pretty much just put together the album of their career. Um, I'm sure we'll go into that in more detail soon. Uh, but yeah, great interview with Trivium in there. We celebrate 40 years of British Steel with Judas Priest. Uh, we paid tribute to Peter Steele who died 10 years ago this year. It just seems just impossible that that amount of time has gone. Um, but we go into uh, into his life and his career with typo negative. Um, yeah, there's just loads of great stuff. Go pick it up if you can, and if you can safely. Um, but in the meantime, we always appreciate your support. So cheers, everybody. You can always get it digitally as well, I should say. We've got some good digital uh, deals going on at the moment. Um, I mean, I, when I first planned this podcast out, Al, I kind of, uh, I, I put a thing where I was like, this week in coronavirus, and I was like, that the big news in Elle's not, Elle, I was shaking her head yeah exactly um, <laughs> not, not in a kind of piss takey way but in a kind of you know the big news affecting rock every week is going to be coronavirus related as we continue to see shows pulled and festivals cancelled and all this kind of stuff and then I kind of rethought it and um, thought about stuff Elle and I have chatted about over the last couple of weeks and I think we should try and put as much positive news into the world as possible right now and there is a lot of it out there if you want to see exactly what's going on with the coronavirus situation you can turn on uh, any news channel and it's all that's going to be there um so we're going to talk about some fun stuff that's going on and some positive stuff that's going on and there's loads of it um shout out download festival for a start uh they just released a limited edition t-shirt to raise money for the nhs which is awesome um obviously download had to cancel recently they've announced their 2021 dates now um, and now they've put up a, a t-shirt to raise money for the NHS, which is amazing. And it's something I think we can all get behind. And there's only one on the way. Uh, have you really? There you yeah. go. <laughs> Putting our money where our mouth is, is 
putting our money where our mouth uh, it definitely makes mouths sense. Uh, um, <laughs> right, I'm not talking out loud as much as I was, okay? <laughs> the conversations are fewer and further between now. Um, but yeah, there's only 500 of these t-shirts out there. So get over to the download uh, web store, which is a, a downloadfestival.co.uk. Get yours. Cannot stress this enough. All money raised through these t-shirts goes to the NHS, who are just doing the most insane and magnificent job out there at the moment. Uh, so a really great initiative from download. What else should we talk about? There's loads of stuff going on now. What do you reckon? Code Orange are doing a lot of things yes. during this like weird quarantine isolation period. They announced a live stream series called You and You Alone, obviously named after their song. And they just had their first episode, which is on Twitch a couple of days ago. And it featured Shade, aka Eric Baldrose, the keyboard guy. Um, <laughs> the description was, Shade is going to be taking you on an audio-visual journey to the cold metal place. But I actually haven't seen the episode. Yeah, it just so. landed just before we started recording. So we haven't had Yeah, to I need to catch up on that and see what's going on because it sounds very intriguing. I like what they're doing with all this down the rabbit hole weird stuff. I like the tagline, down the rabbit hole. Yeah, definitely. It's cool. And it kind of... Uh, weirdly reflects the way a lot of people feel at the moment <laughs> um yeah you can pick up that exclusive event t-shirt that comes with a digital download of the performance uh it's just awesome code orange did not mess about in terms of getting straight back on the horse and putting some great stuff out there because i know they've had to you know they just released an album so that the most crucial period in any band's uh, cycle is just after album release when they're supposed to be out and about doing press doing tours doing shows they can't do any of that so it's really cool to see what they're doing um speaking of other bands that have got new music out the awesome bleed from within long time fans of that band on this podcast uh, they've just announced a new studio studio album excuse me uh, fracture will land on may 29th via century media a uh, new single into nothing is out now it's an absolute banger um, if, you're some, if for some reason you're not familiar with Bleed From Within to this point, you absolutely should be. Go check out their last couple of albums. They're both absolute screamers. Just awesome, groove-heavy, heavy fucking metal. Think Machine Head, Lamb of God, that kind of vibe. Um, Bleed From Within, do it better than most. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Can you listen to that when it comes out, Al? Yes. For all the reasons you listed. And that song is really cool. It's just super, super metal. There's a lyric that jumped out to me. Into nothing you came and into nothing you will return. I was like, that's pretty metal. It is metal as a metal, metal thing. Can you do me a favour, Al, and just check your mic level for me really quickly? If you go to where it says mute on the bottom left and then click on that little arrow. Yeah. And then go up to select a microphone. Can you just check it's definitely your microphone and not built-in microphone? It says that it's the microphone, not the built-in one. Good. I was just double checking. We're all good here. Um, <laughs> uh, what should we do next? An album of the week? Should we do that? We could do anything we want. Think we of that. Anything we want. There's we can literally do anything we want. We didn't have to book a studio for this podcast. That's how like that's how free it is. We're recording it at, at two fifty instead of four for once. That's it's crazy. Free and craziness. We're all in at the moment. Um, <laughs> I, I tweeted earlier this week that I didn't really know how to review um, today's album of the week without just basically running around, throwing the horns and screaming ah! for about 20 minutes because that's what this band made me want to do. Um, the New Testament album, Titans of Creation, is out Friday via Nuclear Blast. Um, I would say if you're expanding the big four to a big five, um, and Testament is that fifth band. For me, they are the most um, consistent big thrash band of the last, I would say, 15 years. I can't remember the last time they put out something I didn't like. And they've been on an absolute tear, obviously, since um, uh, Formation of Damnation. Um, and pretty much everything they put out then, I think, has been really, really strong. Um, I really liked uh, Brotherhood of the Snake. I really liked Dark Roots of Earth. Um, yeah, they've just been on an absolute tear. And again, this album's just fucking great, isn't it? It's just, they're just so good. They, oh, I don't know. I just want to make noises for the next few minutes. Can you put some sense to this review, Al, before I go off on one? Make some noises. It'll be great. Just we'll review it through noise. Oh, well, it was interesting you said about expanding the big four to five because we've all heard the first song, Children of the Next Level. That's the one about Heaven's Gate, the cults who sort of sacrifice themselves to... They want to die and then 
they'd go behind this comet and that would be their afterlife. So I was kind of put the album on. I was thinking, yeah, I know this song. It's really cool. And then World War Three came on and I was like, fucking hell. Like this song is really, really thrashy. And it got to the point where I was like, are they competing for Slayer's audience? Is it not the fact that like, it's the fifth of the big four? Is it, do they want to be in the big four? Yeah. Because it just felt so felt like so much of a thrash attack and I was kind of like yeah I mean this could be a Slayer song but maybe it's not quite evil enough although the lyrics are all about World War 3 which is pretty bad there's a bit where Chuck does like a proper metal growl in there there's a, like a bass drop that's amazing do you remember that moment where it's like do not making a very good noise and then there's a bit <laughs> where the lyrics are literally forever raining blood and I was like oh is that uh, yeah, a little- I saw that as well is that a little tribute? Is that a little nod? I did, I did wonder. I think it must be. You can't put that in a thrash song and not <laughs> know how that's going to be interpreted. I mean, it's very fitting of the, the song itself, but that, that really stood out to me and it made my little heart go, aw, <laughs> thrash love. <laughs> and so I was like, maybe this is the record where they're trying to compete for Slayer's audience. Maybe they want to step into that free space. And then I'd say the rest of the record is more what I'd expect from Testament, although it's still quite a few surprises. What's the one with like the black metal vocals on it? That was a big surprise. Yeah, uh, I noted that as well. But no. Curse of Osiris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a proper like yeah, I've got black that metal like, parts. I put um, Curse of Osiris, black metal vocals and super metal uh, song title. I mean, they all are on here, but... There's a ton of stuff. I had to crack out Google and start Googling things because I was like, oh, I can't remember the story of Osiris and Horus. And then there was the stuff about a code of Hammer, I can't even pronounce it, Hammurabi, which is like a Babylonian code. Um, and then obviously Heaven's Gate. Uh, Ishtar's Gate is another song, which is, again is about Babylon. It sort of felt like, in the same way that Sabaton have the History Channel, I was a bit like Testament need an ancient cultures channel because yeah. they're singing about all these ancient cultures. And I was like, I don't really know what's going on here. The thing is, I think like in the hands of other bands, I mean, you know, metal has been built on cheesy lyrics. My favourite bands are Iron Maiden. I've got nothing against cheesy lyrics that go into kind of fantasy elements or historical elements or whatever. But some of the lyrics that are on here, um, like in the hands of another band might sound a bit hokey and naff. But when you've got like Chuck, Billy, like who's just one of the great national treasures of metal, by the way, um, just bellowing like, open the gates of hell, the season of the witch, Let's cast a deadly spell. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> let's fucking cast the shit out of it. <laughs> cast the shit out of the deadly spell. I oh, thought you'd love yeah. that song. That's Night of the Witch, right? Night of the Witch is great. That's based on the 2015 film Vich, which you're obsessed with. I didn't even know it was based on that. That's it's based awesome. on that. Amazing. I'm glad I, oh, I, glad like I could bring you that joy. <laughs> like one of my favourite, favourite horror movies ever. Oh, that's so cool. I like that song even more than I did. Yeah, it's like a it's like a speed metal song. Um, it's just so good. Like, I mean, Gene Hoglin as well on the drums is just amazing, an absolute monster. Everything sounds so huge and chunky and like taut and just powerful and ah and like the riffs as well. Um, we know Eric and Alex are just both you know monstrous guitarists, of course. Um, but I, 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 no surprise, Andy Sneet's involved in the production at some level, and so everything sounds fantastic. Like, it's so clean. It's, yeah, it's so, so clean. clean. But not in a too clinical and kind of polished way. Like it's still. Yeah, it's not disgusting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like um, it sounds like it's just a really great modern metal album, and I think Testament more than so many other bands. Judas Priest is a, a good example as well from the last album. Again, Andy Sneap involved in that. Uh, they really know how to sound timeless, but specifically very modern as well. This doesn't sound like a ye olde thrash metal album from the 80s. It sounds like a big, modern, vibrant, um, urgent metal album. And it's just, it's just great. I don't know what else to say about it. If, if you know what Testament sound like in their modern incarnation, you know whether you're going to like this album or not, but why on earth would you not like this album? Because it's what great heavy metal is all about. They all sound brilliant, like you said. Like Gene Hoagland's my favourite heavy metal drummer anyway. And I just think he's amazing. And whatever That's he turns his hands to is amazing. Um, you know, you mentioned Alex and Eric. And then obviously Chuck himself, his voice sounds great. Like 
he obviously does all the thrashy stuff, but then there's like death metal stuff, black metal stuff. Um, you can imagine him like oh, in the healers, which is a song about how he was actually healed by healers himself. Um, that was a sort of almost like a Southern fried way of singing. He sort of gets a bit Southern on that one. And then you can just imagine him for loads of the songs as well doing that thing he always does in his shows where he gets his microphone stand and like leans over yeah, and yeah, starts yeah. like air guitaring yeah. on it yeah i love that it was like in my mind i was just like doing that at the same time when it starts soloing and stuff i was like imagining him like with his mic stand yeah definitely i just i just love him i love everything about this band there's few bands out there that um kind of i think have such deserving and consistent goodwill from the metal community obviously um, you know, they've had a brush with coronavirus, so uh, much love and best wishes to, to everyone affected by that in the Testament camp. Um, but yeah, just like, we need more than ever. We need just great fucking heavy metal to come and blow our speakers to smithereens. And I'm going to be playing this album a lot this year because this is uh, the best kind of, I was going to say old school, but the best like pure heavy metal album I think I've heard so far this year. And, and then it's got trivia in that, but I don't know if we would. And then it's got that bit at the end, catacombs, and it sounds sounds like an opening almost, but it's the ending. It's like the big choral ending. It's like the end credits of a movie or something. Yeah, I noticed that because when I heard that, I thought maybe I'd listen to it in reverse, upside one. down. Yeah. Like, oh no, that's the intro. <laughs> Shit. But yeah, it's at the end. So it's kind of a cute little. Kind of feels like when you're playing like Golden Axe or something on the Mega Drive, and you get to the final level, and then it's like Warrior, you have completed the game, and then you get. Like, <laughs> Um, so yeah just uh, another another excellent album i mean like i said i like everything they've done in the modern era so i don't know if it's fair to say it's particularly better or worse than anything else um but it's got a song about the witch on it so therefore i'm going to say it's the best thing they've done in years (laughs) (laughs) it's based off that uh but yeah a brilliant band on an absolute role and um as you said Best wishes to everyone in the Testament camp at the moment. They are a vital national treasure for the metal scene. Um, there's other stuff out this week. Um, pigs, 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 pigs. Their new album's out, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, August Burns Red have a new album out as well. Fearless is also out this Friday. Um, so yeah, loads of stuff to get your teeth into and loads more good stuff coming as well. And we'll get into that very soon. Uh, if it feels like we sped through that bit, it's because the awesome people of the Metal Hammer Facebook readers group asked us a record-breaking amount of questions uh, this week, which we much appreciate. Maybe everyone's got more time on their hands than usual. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Facebook.com forward slash Metal Hammer readers to uh, come join us. Um, we've got a great community down there. We really appreciate all you guys staying positive and interacting with each other. I'm seeing people swap playlists. I'm seeing people discuss music. It's a, it's a really great place to hang out. So come hang out with us if you're feeling, um, you know, a little bit bored and you, and you want more things to do and more people to talk to. And we will get that Mario Kart tournament going at some point, I promise. Um, Chris Palmer asks us, uh, he says, I'm now into my third week of isolation and with 11 more to go due to being considered extremely vulnerable, Music and Metal Hammer is going to be my lifeline. Um, well, much, uh, much love to you, Chris, and, um, and you know, stay healthy over there. Uh, he also says, any suggestions of what to listen to will be greatly appreciated. My tastes vary, and I'll listen to anything that will spare me from being dragged into the abyss of darkness and loneliness. Well, Chris, we feel you. Um, there's a lot of people out there that feel exactly the same way. Um, so know that you're not alone in feeling that uh i live i live by myself as well i totally know how that feels and that can be very difficult in these times so there's loads of us that feel the same way you do and so we all need to look out for each other and support each other through this time um luckily there is a lot of good music out there um i summed up a lot of kind of my favorite stuff of the year so far what have you mostly enjoyed from this year so far El? Are we doing like new songs or old songs? Whatever you like just good shit that will get people happy and kind of motivated and you know Pull people this, through this strange situation. This year, it's all been about, on the more kind of chilled side, I'm really enjoying Merca's Folk Sange. It's a very, like, relaxing record. If you just want to literally just, like, lie down and do nothing, 
or just like sit down with a cup of tea or something. It's just a really nice record to get into. It sort of feels quite mystical and she, you know she recorded stuff in the forest and it's you can kind of almost go off to another place in your mind that's sort of away from everything and that's a really nice record and apart from that uh the jonathan holton record has a similar effect chance from another place that's a very kind of like relaxing record that's just really nice to switch off to yeah Apart from that, though, just generally happy metal records, which is sort of the vein that I was going down. Uh, Devon Townsend always cheers me up. The album Addicted, 2009. That was specifically happy songs that he did, like Super Crush. That's one of my favourites. And then there's lots of good stuff on Epicloud as well. Like if you listen to Lucky Animals, you can do the jazz hands, which Merlin will hate because you hate jazz hands. So you can put your hands up and do jazz hands. <laughs> Pretty sure you said once you hated jazz hands. I don't know. Maybe I, mean, I don't have people doing that to me very much, to be honest. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what traumatic experience with jazz hands I must have had. So yeah, I was trying to think of a few like metal records that are happy that you could do actions to as well. Because if you can move a little bit, sometimes like moving helps. So Devon Townsend, if you listen to Lucky Animals, you can do the jazz hands. He always does them. Baby metal song Karate is really, really happy. You could put your kitsunes up, which, you know, the horns but it's also you have to put your fingers together to make the little fox signs uh i was thinking about ghost dance macabre because that's just a really like happy yeah. song yeah that whole last ghost album actually if i want to feel like just buzzed then i put that straight on a ghost dance macabre has a dance routine in the video it's like all these 80s dancers going crazy so i basically thought you could just listen to that and just stroke the air with your hands in an 80s kind of a way mm. so yeah you're getting a little bit of movement in as well and um yeah so they're my choices for sort of happier more energetic blinding choices um i should say as well um that uh, in terms of people that are you know wanting <clears throat> lots of new music to get into i'm gonna have to sneak off and get some water in a minute um uh, Metal Hammer is going to be putting loads of um, playlists up over the coming weeks so stay tuned to metalhammer.com we're going to try and get them to a point where they're, where they're daily we're kind of collecting a lot of them at the moment so we can just start putting them all out um, but at least a few a week we're going to be putting up online on the Metal Hammer website we've got bands doing some Elle and I and Jonathan are going to do some um, it's going to be playlist freaking city over on Metal Hammer so we're going to definitely have you back in terms of getting you loads of good music to listen to over the coming weeks um, do you want to do the next question now? I'm going to subtly run away and get some water, which I can do because we're recording this from our lounges. So I'll talk to myself. Thanks. Bradley Cassidy asks, what are your thoughts on Bloodstock being the biggest festival for our scene this year? Do you think this will be positive or negative for the event? So I reckon, so Bloodstock's in August. So this is banking on Bloodstock happening in August, which fingers crossed, hopefully it will and we'll be out of lockdown situation. And I think uh, if and when that does go ahead, that'll be a really positive experience because I think everyone's just gonna be really happy to be out in the world, really happy to see some of their favorite bands. Bloodstock's got a great atmosphere anyway, so it always feels like a really good community vibe and a big celebration. And if there's still tickets left for Bloodstock, I uh, have to check, cause I'm not sure, then maybe some people pick those up and go for the first time. Uh, or they'd go and they weren't planning to go and that's really positive as well so I can't actually think about any negatives for me it's all kind of positive yeah I think um <clears throat> you know it's not uh it's it's I, 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 it can only be a good thing really I don't I don't see how Bloodstock suddenly being the biggest festival in the UK for metal would be a bad thing I think any anything we can still um I was going to say make happen. Obviously, it's very it's out of our hands. But anything that can still happen, that can bring people together and provide everyone with a good time, is only a good thing. And you know, we don't know exactly what will happen with festivals over the latter part of the summer, but we will get back to that stuff at some point. We really will. Uh, Daryl asks us. Oh, okay. Um, he says, "I have a question that perhaps other bands may appreciate." Do we need to have a PR spend to submit albums for a review and or songs for cover mounts, disc insertion? So basically, Daryl's saying, if you're a band and you want to get in Metal Hammer and you want to get coverage, 
do you need to spend on getting a PR? Um, how would you answer that, Al? Um, so first of all, if you don't know, PRs, uh, that stands for public relations and they, uh, bands pay them a certain amount of money and then they go off and get those bands press like online, print, radio, etc. So what Daryl's asking is if he'd need to spend money on, uh, well, is he asking, no, he's asking not to spend money on a PR, whether he would have to spend money, basically, would he have to pay us money to review his albums or put his songs in the cover man? And the answer is, oh. yeah, I think that's what he's asking. Would he have to pay us money? A PR spend. I think he means, would he have to pay us money? Oh, oh, okay. So yeah, so PRs, I think that's what he means. I so thought he meant would... need a PR, like a PR working for you. I don't know. Well, we could answer both. <laughs> good. Right, good idea. But yeah, so public relations person, a band will pay them some money and then they'll have contacts in the media. So they'll push out the band's music and information to people in the media to see if they want to cover the band. So first of all, bands don't have to have a PR. They can email us or phone us directly. They can talk to us about what they're up to and send us all their information and their music. It doesn't, they don't have to go through a PR. And secondly, we don't receive any money for album reviews. So we review something based on whether we like it and whether we think it should be included. So people cannot pay to get reviewed in the magazine. Cover yeah. mount CDs, which we do occasionally, um, we often have a budget for those. So if it's uh, an unsigned band, um, or if it, or whether it's an unsigned band or a bigger band, the bands wouldn't have to pay us to be on it. There are some exceptions. We do some CDs sometimes by single bands or single labels. Um, and in those cases, they're usually put together through a commercial deal. So there will be an exchange of money there yeah that pretty much sums it up i think um you know it's good it's it you don't you don't have to have a, a pr to do stuff but obviously you know if you're making the music and everything else it's sometimes hard to be able to do everything and many prs have a good relationship with magazines and media outlets so they'll you know there's prs that we will rely on to you know if they say a band's good we kind of will believe them on that and etc cetera, etc cetera. but um yeah we, we you certainly don't have to pay metal hammer directly to get featured in metal hammer that shouldn't be the case for well i won't say anybody i don't know how anyone else operates but that's not how we operate <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go um do you want to do the next one sure Joe Fleischer says, what's the most non-metal show you've been dragged to by a spouse slash date and how much did you enjoy it? I once saw Duran Duran with a girl I never had sex with. I'd rate the show a four out of ten. <laughs> well, well, that's a loaded, just because loaded. you go and see Duran Duran with a girl, it doesn't mean that you're entitled to have sex with them. That's what I'm going to say. Yes, you, no one is entitled to have sex with anybody. Uh, also, if you go and see Duran Duran, that would be a good show. They're a good band. So I actually think that would be fine. I'd go and see a Duran Duran show with someone and have a, have a great time. Yeah, totally. Um, what, uh, I've forgotten what the actual question was. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, most non-metal show you've been dragged to. Dragged to by a spouse or date. I mean, the problem here is that both Elle and I, and to be absolutely honest, most people in the metal media and also by the way most people in metal bands that i know um don't just listen to metal and will often go to non-metal uh shows so i probably dragged people to as many non-metal gigs as i have been dragged to to be honest um, i don't think i've been dragged to any because i've only dated people that like metal oh you narrow-minded <laughs> <laughs> It's not my fault. It's a big interest of mine that I like people to understand. I'm just trying to think of bands I've seen that I only went to because someone else wanted to go to. I mean, actually, me and my missus are supposed to be going to see My Chemical Romance, so... Gross. That. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mind My Chem, but I am definitely not a fan and I was definitely not in the MCR army or whatever. So, yeah, pr probably, probably right now. Um, assuming that it goes ahead which is supposed to be in June so I imagine it might end up getting postponed but what a shame 
I once made someone go and see In Me and they didn't want to go. It wasn't supposed to be, sorry. Sorry, go Uh, on. I once made someone go to an In Me gig and they didn't want to go to the gig. Um, We were teenagers, um, but we could legally drink. But then somebody had left their homework in the bar. It was like, obviously meant to be 18s and over, but everyone was kids. Yeah, that doesn't sound so great. I wouldn't do that. Basically, we're not emos. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, uh, but yeah, um, so current situations, I think. Uh, Rob, Rob Lake asks, do you think the music industry as a whole, not just metal, will survive this? Basic. Oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Do you think the music industry will survive what is basically being described as another global economic downturn? Yes, of course it will. Music survives everything. There, it, like it might, it may change significantly. There might be some hard times to come as a result of it. But yes, music will survive, and yes, the music industry will survive in one form or another. Um, there's nothing that can stop music. Nothing. It's the best thing in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> I think most people would agree with you who are listening to this. I mean, I absolutely agree with what you what you said. I think there's going to be a lot of hard times ahead, and a lot of difficult circumstances for people and we are going to see unfortunately we're going to probably going to see businesses fold and bands break up and it's it's really hard to talk about isn't it because we just said at the beginning of the podcast we don't really want to sort of dwell on the whole pandemic thing because it's really easy to get into a negative mindset and we obviously by saying you know of course it will survive and everything's fine we are obviously aware that there's going to be a huge upheaval and we are going to see some stuff fall by the wayside and every industry is sort of being decimated at the moment by the shutdown. But that's not to say that there can't be good things from it. There can't be people like bands who make the most of the time by doing stuff with their fans. Like we're seeing bands stream gigs at the moment and put out music and um, all kinds of things. That's not to say that we can't think of new ways to do things remotely and new innovations for the future. Like, I'm just kind of rambling now, but I think we're all aware that it's going to be really well, hard. I, think that. I think that was, uh, I think that was spot on. Now. I think we're all aware that it's going to be hard. Um, and you know, there's just going to be things that make us feel sad and upset in this whole process. But like you said, there's been music for time immemorial, so. There will be music. We will have gigs again. We will have all this stuff, but it's going to be a little bit different and it's going to be a bumpy road. And we all got to navigate good together, lads. Uh, (laughs) I use lads as a gender neutral term, just to be clear. (laughs) El El can back me up on that. (laughs) I was actually just going to say the same thing. Yeah, good. Uh, (laughs) uh, Rich Hobson says, Oh my God, my mic. What are you doing? What are you doing? My clearly um, amateur hour mic setup has come apart at the seams. Is that good? All right, we're good again. Uh, Rich Hobson says, uh, are there any particular moments you can pick out where you fell completely in love with a band or artist? I thought he said out love when I, when he, I first read this. Um, oh, in love's much easier. Can you remember the specific moments from some of your favourite bands where you could you went from that stage of thinking, this is good, to oh my God. Yes, when I first heard Devon Townsend, I think it was the song Deadhead, and I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. It's so incredible, it's so incredible. And the friend who played it to me, I think I, <laughs> I was like going on about how good it was, and I was like, I want to marry this person and have their babies. And then my friend was like, um, before you say that, you might want to see a picture of him. And bless him, Devon Townsend, it was the time when he had a skullet. So he was bald on top and then had long hair underneath. And as we've since learned, when he cut his hair off, he, um, he's, he's kept his skullet in a box somewhere. But I think um, he would agree in this day and age that his current look yeah. is perhaps Please more... keep it there, Debbie. Please keep it there. <laughs> <laughs> I think his current look is perhaps more suited to his status as this elder statesman of metal and great musician but yeah i just totally fell in love with the music at that time i was like i just want to be in this music forever it's amazing i want to marry this person who made it because it's so good excellent <laughs> um, god in terms of uh, i i've t- talked about 
I feel like I've talked about me getting into Hollywood by Marilyn Manson about five times in the last two months through various podcasts. I know, to be fair, I've mentioned Devin Townsend twice now and there are other artists are available. Other artists are available. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, when I first, um, I think for me, the first few times where I was uh, kind of getting into a band and you take the album home and you listen to it while you were pouring over the lyrics. Is that your computer or mine now? Yours. It's actually. It sounds like yours. What are we doing? We'll be much smoother next time. No, we won't. If <laughs> things by the seat of our pants, it's fine. Um, but yeah, we, uh, every, every time I, um, I used to, when, especially when I was a teenager, take an album home, open it up, devour the artwork, just look over all the lyrics and stuff, um, anything like that. And, and Holy Wood by Marilyn Manson was the first time I really did that. Once I really got rolling with my love for Maiden as well, it definitely clicked. And I think Wicker Man, hearing that was probably the first time um, that I thought, oh my God, this band's amazing. When I got into Metallica properly, because I got Garage Inc. and I absolutely loved it. And then I went straight to Master of Puppets and it was a bit too intense for me at the time. I was like, fuck, what's this? Like I had no reference for thrash metal, so I didn't really revisit it for a while. And then I went back to Ride the Lightning and the first time I heard Fate of Black, I was like, oh my God, how is a band who makes such heavy, um, fast, like mental music also capable of making this beautiful, soul-bearing, tear-jerking ballad? Like, it just blew my mind. Um, in terms of more recent bands, uh, Ghost, I think, um, I, I think Prequel kind of, no, not prequel. Square Hammer, actually. When Ghost put out Square Hammer, I went from them being a band that I really, really loved and thought were great to thinking this is, this is one of the best things to happen to music in the last 10 years. Because I think Square Hammer is one of the best rock songs ever written, literally ever. Um, so, yeah, then uh, just trying to think what else as well. I don't know, there's loads. Music's just great. <laughs> I remember that Square Hammer moment. I was there. I was yeah. there for it. Yeah, I feel I, the same I, way about Square Hammer and how catchy it is. And he definitely had been saying that he wanted to write this massive anthem, and then suddenly there it was, just appeared. Yeah, they released it, and I was sat with everyone in the office and I had my headphones in, and I, I actually threw my headphones off and went, Everyone needs to listen to the new ghost song now. Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, yeah, so exciting. So yeah, shout out music, I guess, is the is the moral of that story. <laughs> Uh, so I have a moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we'll smooth these things out once we get going. All right, it's a bit weird doing it over the internet. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, David Matula says, "Once this virus is over, will we see metal going more extreme or more somber and introspective?" What do you think? Um, it could go either way. I think one thing I was thinking about was. I really love the Night Nails albums that they've just dropped, the new Ghosts records. Mm -hmm. One is Together and one is Locusts. And they've specifically released them now to sort of sync up with how people are feeling during the pandemic. So the first CD is a bit more kind of, uh, of a chilled sort of mood. It's called Together. It's kind of, yeah, sort of everything's kind of okay. I think we're good. And then it goes into Locusts and it all goes very uneasy and disquieting. Mm. And you suddenly feel like you're just having a slightly bad time. And it's meant to sort of reflect the moods that we go through during a time like this and the mood swings as well and how it can go from feeling fine to feeling a bit unsettled or a bit fearful. And I feel like them releasing the album when they did, it was like about a week ago now, I think, and just having a double disc as well to explore both sides of those extremes of emotions. I feel like there isn't, I'd, I'd be really surprised now if a metal band could put out a record that so captures a time and a moment and a feeling as much as that does. So what, so I was kind of thinking, are we going to get people who are using the pandemic and their feelings as a jumping off point for creating music? And how good is that music going to be? Do we want to listen to that kind of music after the fact or during the fact? Is it, or is it going to feel like something we don't want to revisit or is it going to feel tedious? Mm. Like I think I had a moan to you a couple of weeks back that everybody now writes about social media 
And I get it, you know, it's that whole thing of the world is more connected, but we're more distanced from people than ever because we interact with social media more and we're not actually having real connections sometimes or going deep on things. And you've got bands like Disturbed writing songs about it. You've got Nightwish writing about it, a ton of bands. And it doesn't mean I don't like those bands. It doesn't mean I don't like those songs because some of them are really brilliant songs. That Nightwish one was like being in sort of a whirlwind and that video was insane. But Mm. I do feel a little bit like, oh, it's the same subject again, social media again. Like once you've kind of had a couple of songs about a particular subject, the shine kind of wears off it a bit and it, it feels a bit overdone. And I don't want to be callous by saying, oh, if people release stuff about the pandemic it's been done because I obviously don't think that I think there's lots of ways to approach the same subjects but I do think the Night Nails record has really just captured a time by sort of them reacting quickly and putting something out and I do think that it will be difficult for me to sort of feel a connection I mean maybe I will I don't know to something else that comes out so that was just kind of my thoughts on the pandemic as a subject but in terms of extreme or introspective again I think it could go either way because on the one hand people might feel like they just want to get like all their energy and all their emotions out because they've been inside for so long and kind of containing themselves and being more um, you know inside of themselves or it could go introspective because people have had a long period of time maybe reflecting more than they usually do so I actually don't think you can predict how it's going to go but what I hope is that we get lots of different interesting kind of music and not just lots of very similar takes on being in isolation or fear or whatever because I just think that maybe we don't need that and maybe it could be a bit much yeah. I don't know I don't need to hear Anders Frieden from In Flames talking about how he got his FIFA score up because he had loads of time in his hands <laughs> or something like that do you know what I mean who was that you just- you just froze then. Who did you say about the FIFA score? Oh, sorry, my internet connection went do wacky. Uh, I was just saying, <laughs> I, wait, I don't want, I don't need like Anders from In Flames or something to like write a song about like playing FIFA in his pants because he had loads of time on his hands. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like but I think I'd be okay with that if it, as long as it wasn't like ten bands writing about being scared of the pandemic or something. I think I'd be like, oh, that's. I, a different I don't thing. think we'll get loads of songs specifically about coronavirus. I would like to think most bands are a bit more creative than going, "Hey, there's a coronavirus. We should write a song about coronavirus." Like it's just a <laughs> bit like. But I feel like Nationals have just done that. Yeah, they've they've captured the feeling, haven't they? Rather, yeah, I just feel like no one can really do anything like that now. But no, do you think it's going to be more extreme or more introspective, or do you not know? Um, I think I think paranoid and scared times definitely give uh, give birth to kind of more extreme art, and that doesn't necessarily mean heavier in the case of music. But I do I do think there's something to be said for that. So it wouldn't surprise me, but. uh, yeah, I don't know. I also don't like. I think people like to fetishize shit um, times in history as being like, "Oh, we're going to get some great art out of this." And it's like, well, yeah. On one side, I of that, you're kind of well. fetishizing like people going through a really bad time, and also actually, a lot of the time, these instances hit artists very hard, as we're seeing right now. So I just want all the bands to just get through this uh, rather than thinking, "Oh, yeah, we're going to get a really good Anthrax album now or something like that," you know. Um, that's such a good point I wasn't that wasn't really David's question to be fair but no it's such a good point because it's like that whole tortured artist thing it's like no actually it's just better for people to have good mental and physical health and then write about whatever they want you don't have to be fucked up or something which again it's not really related to the question I'm just agreeing with you (laughs) journeys Um, he'd be talking about thrash though wouldn't he in um, the cold war yeah, he's definitely. talking about the Cold War paranoia and how he's he sort of thinks thrash music came out as a part of that. So I, he definitely, I'd, I'll just embody the spirit of Jonathan for a minute and just raise that point. We'll summon him if we just like douse a squid in like scented candles or something. He'll appear in the sky. Did you say, did you say douse a squid? Yeah, well, I was going to say set a squid on fire, but then I thought that was really mean, so I changed my tact. Stop, stop picking on squids. I'm not. I'm just. You just mean you just trying to talk about Cthulhu? Yeah, I was trying to find a way to think of Cthulhu because Jonathan loves Cthulhu. <laughs> oh well, 
Jamie Phillips says, uh, oh no, actually, let's do Christopher's question first. Christopher Fletcher says, if you could take any album from a band's back catalogue and remove it from history, what would you pick and why? Bye. <laughs> bye bye. Um, I went with Bring Me the Horizon, Count Your Blessings, because I just think they sort of sounded bratty and crap and sort of like they're ripping off Swedish Melodeth, but like in a really like toys out of the pram, annoying, bratty way. Yeah. They were not very good back then. No. And it's, it's hard to, it's a weird one with them because you can't really, you know, there were some really heavy, good riffs on there, I guess. But apart from that, you can't really look back and kind of um, say, oh yeah, you could see the potential there. You couldn't. Like it was, you know, the, the, the leap between that era and Suicide Season is just huge. And then the leap was even bigger on the next album. So yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, I'll ever listen to that album, so I wouldn't miss it if it wasn't there. I don't know how many bands that have released bad albums in the course of their career I would delete because you don't know how much that would have informed them going on to make something really good. Um, you know, if Metallica hadn't done Lulu and that didn't kind of put the cap on what was a bit of a difficult period for them, I don't know if they would have gone really knuckled down and just absolutely knocked it out of the park with Hardwired, for instance. Like, it all feels like part of the same journey to me. Hardwired wouldn't have felt as good and like, oh, yes, Metallica are back if Lulu hadn't sucked. <laughs> We're to like, sci-fi realms of, like, cause and effect of things now and what it's, happens. Yeah, that's what I mean, time. yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Does a butterfly cause an earthquake? Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what I would take out of history really let's leave it alone then leave it alone we're leaving history alone don't mess don't <laughs> mess with the past if all those films have taught me anything <clears throat> jamie phillips asks what are your top three most underrated slash overlooked metal albums to kick off mine are iron maiden somewhere in time megadeth euthanasia and metallica load we is load underrated i never know with loads i feel like it's kind of equal parts beloved by a certain segment of Metallica's fan base and hated by probably people who don't really like Metallica that much anymore. Sorry, I just got distracted. <laughs> Come back, Al. <laughs> right, so I put a poll on the, on the uh, Facebook readers page asking if they want to see the videos that we record when we do this. And I've just come back to the screen to see you pissing about with a avocado hot water bottle. No, you didn't tell me you're recording this. <laughs> No, I'm not saying I'm putting this up. I'm just saying, the, okay. I'm just saying. Look, the people are now aware that you're running around with a cuddly avocado. Just saying. Well, so we've been doing a workout every morning. Most of Team Hammer, a very special workout for kids. It's Joe Wick's workout. We can say he's donating money to the NHS. Yeah, we're doing the Joe Wick's workout. And this morning, I pulled something in my shoulder while I was doing his workout. So. Now I'm sitting with an avocado hot water bottle on my shoulder blade to make myself feel better. It's kind of like Japanese creature or something, a little cutesy thing. So cute. Look at his little face. Well, people can't because we don't have to put in the video up or not. <laughs> <laughs> we will at some point. I don't know. Come vote. Come vote on uh, facebook.com slash readers and you can decide if these videos go live. It's just us in our living rooms talking to each other, but, you know, it's extra content in it. So... That's what's big now, so I hear. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, I got distracted by my avocado. You were asking me about Load. I was saying I don't know if Load is underrated or overlooked because I see that I think there's a very vocal section of Metallica's fans that go to bat for that album, myself very much included. Yeah, we've talked about it loads of times because I think most of the conversations have been it's underrated, but I love it. That's kind of been the tone of the conversations I think we've had. So I, I get why Jamie's picked it. Because yeah, most people yeah. will just pick like the Black Album, the Master of Puppets and stuff. And a lot of people didn't like Load. And Yeah, definitely. Euthanasia is an interesting one. I think that's maybe a fair shout. And somewhere in time, I always think of it as quite a, a widely uh, acclaimed Maiden album. But I suppose compared to certainly somewhere, um, certainly Seven Son of a Seven Son, certainly compared to Power Slave, certainly compared to Number of the Beast. Yeah, maybe it is a little bit overlooked, actually. There's certainly some tracks on it I'd like to see uh, played a bit more live. Um, I'd love to hear Caught Somewhere in Time. I don't think I've heard them play that. I've def they've never played Alexander the Great, so I'd love to hear them play that. Um, Deja Vu is a tune. They play Wasted Years quite a lot. So yeah, yeah, it's not a bad choice. 
I mean, if we're talking Maiden, I would say um, Dance of Death, I think is their most underrated album. Um, they never play anything off it at all anymore. Uh, it gets, I, th- I honestly think that album having such a shit cover, um, you know, it famously got kind of released early and wasn't fully rendered. So it's got these weird kind of half animated, um, half finished computer characters surrounded, surrounding um, a Grim Reaper Eddie, who's one of the best Eddies ever, by the way. Uh, and I think the reaction to that artwork has made people think that the album itself is really isn't very good. But I think like it's mostly fantastic, like Wildest Dreams tune, Rainmaker, massive song, No More Lies, amazing song. Monster Goo is one of their most underrated tracks. I'd love for them to play that live. Dance of Death is a little bit hady dady, but I, you know, I can live with it. Gate of Tomorrow is okay. New Frontier tune, Passion Dell, literally one of the greatest Armaid songs ever written. Face in the Sand, great song. Um, yeah. So I think that I think that Maiden album is really underrated. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it before on here as well, but also, uh, oh, what's that Marilyn Manson album with? We're in America on it. We're in America. Um, not having upside down. That was a new one. Uh, help! 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 The High End of Low. I think the High End of Low is really underrated as well. Uh, I like the High End of Low, but then I like all of them. It might be, Pale Emperor is really good as well, but it might be my favourite album post-Golden Age that he's done. There's loads of good stuff on that record. Uh, so, yeah. I Those hate lists. Always come to mind for me. I really struggle with lists, but I'm going to go... List, just need a... It's like a list, though. I'm going to go with the Deftones self-titled because I'm obsessed with Ooh, that record. And people show. always talk about, like, um, obviously, White Pony and Around the Fur, which... Uh, amazing records and I love them both but I also just love that self-titled one um Battle Axe the song in the middle of that such a tune um also going to go with The Serenity of Suffering by Korn because again a lot of people will pick other Korn records like my favorite Korn record is Issues and they've had a ton of records out that I absolutely love but I feel like The Serenity of Suffering doesn't get as much love as some of the other ones I know it was recent but um, I feel like it could get overlooked and it shouldn't get overlooked and then the third one um, maybe Nine Inch Nails A Slip because a lot of people forget about that as well because they gave that away for free and people could pay what they wanted and it kind of just doesn't really get talked about as much as some of their other records Fair, fair point. Yeah, I think Serenity of Suffering is a good album. I actually like it more than the last Corn album um, as well, which is, you know, I that do got, as well. I got ecstatic reviews right across the board, but I think I, prefer, I think Serenity of Suffering was better, actually. I prefer it to the Nothing, but I definitely say that there are different moods on there. Yeah. I, suffering for me is more like, I know No Corn record is like about massively uh, uplifting subject matter in a sense. It's more kind of pain and how to get through pain, but the nothing was like, oh, serious pain, whereas the serenity of suffering was obviously still about suffering, but um, it felt a bit more kind of off the bat and just fun and good. Mm, definitely. Um, Alistair Belling says, what is the most critically acclaimed record that you think stinks? <laughs> I'm just going to go with all of the Beatles because this is something oh. that always seems to... <laughs> Always seems to come up. Like I saw Steve arguing. I'm not a Beatles fan, but I know that's like sacrilege to a lot of people. I saw Stephen Hill arguing with someone on the internet the other day about the Beatles. Um, and I've just never got into them. Sorry. I, and I appreciate their contribution to music and about the fact that like, you know, they changed the world and they changed the music industry and massively influential, but they just do nothing for me. And maybe it's because of years of people singing Eleanor Rigby at me as well. Maybe it's that. Yeah, that that would annoy anybody. Yeah. Especially if you're called Eleanor. Uh, Oh, God. Massively critically acclaimed albums that you think are overrated. Ah, I don't know. I didn't didn't prepare that question. But you love lists. I do. Let me look at my records collection. I'm sorry. There's really not a lot, you know. Pretty down with most stuff. I like the way you say, let me look at my record collection, but you've got like 10 records on there. That's about 30. 
<laughs> I meant to think of bands. I'm obviously not going to have the albums that I don't like up there, but I mean, you know, it might think, make me think of some bands, but it didn't. It didn't work, so forget it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know really. Uh, I can't think of very many critically acclaimed albums that I absolutely adore. I mean, I, I suppose I'd say. In most cases, I think the the kind of albums that most people consider the best by that artist often end up not being my personal pick. Like Master of Puppets is not my favorite Metallica album. The Number of the Beast is not my favorite Maiden album, and neither is Power Slave. Um, but I think they're all classic records as well. So I don't know. I've stunk this question out, Alistair. Sorry, mate. That was. Maybe I feel too, too positive about music, so I don't. I can't take a shit on anything today. <laughs> Which leads us on to the next question. Hooray. Well, it doesn't, but sure. <laughs> Martin Baker asks, how much toilet roll do you have left? Oh, that one. I thought. Oh, no, I've gone to the wrong question. All right, we'll do Mark's first. Um, <laughs> uh, I just bought a big old batch from Aldi, so I'm all good, mate. Thank you. And my movements are very normal, so I don't plan to be getting through that anytime soon. <laughs> good to know uh, i think i've got about like off the top of my head probably about 20 fucking hell really <laughs> i think so i suppose there's two of you in your house so that kind of it works out the same as 10 each yeah 10 each sorted <laughs> sorted i'm not i don't normally uh, get so many even currently but there are the, the only things you could get with nine packs so i thought why not treat myself yeah, basically, we've got about two nine packs, which is 18. So basically, oh, 20. Yeah. Excellent work. Um, Marco <laughs> LG asks Online gigs, why not? A band can play live in London and stream the gig for fans all over the world to enjoy. They can stream live at a cost. There might be venues willing to put up a screen streaming the gig live for local fans in Rome or Paris, for example. Who needs touring anymore? Let the fans come to you instead. So I think Marco's thinking beyond the current pandemic and beyond the current situation. He's thinking once we um, get back to quote unquote normal, uh, maybe we could have a situation where bands continue to stream gigs um, from, you know, empty venues or from their homes or whatever. And, and people can maybe watch from home or even kind of gather together in other public places that away from the gig to watch it. What do you kind of think of that idea? I think it's a really cool idea. I think like there will still be a play. I don't think it's like in danger of necessarily taking away ticket sales because I think people still want to go and have a physical experience and want to go to a concert and want to experience that. But there are a lot of cases where people can't get to gigs for various reasons, whether it's personal reasons, physical reasons, distance reasons, whatever it is. And it would be really cool if there was a way that you could still enjoy the gig and watch it either at the time or at a later date. Um, you know, you've got bands like Pearl Jam who record every single one of their gigs and stuff like that. You know, there are things that are cool when you're a fan of a band. It's nice to have a recording of a gig or a performance that you can watch in your own time because, you know, like I said, not everyone can get to every single show. So I think I kind of hope that a consequence of the way we're living at the moment will be that there are more things like online gigs um you know theatres and stuff having online performances available people talking more on stuff on whatever platform you want to use to actually have face-to-face -face chat but remotely like i'm hoping it just kind of opens up more options because it'll definitely be good for you know like i said people who aren't always able to travel everywhere themselves it just opens up connection and community to people which is a great thing yep i back that all 100 percent, and i think community is something we could all do with uh making the most of right now uh thanks for joining us this week everybody uh, we'll be back next week um yeah as i say come join us at melhammer facebook readers group facebook.com slash melhammer readers um you know we're in and out of there all the time so come hang out if you're feeling lonely if you're feeling a bit fed up if you're feeling bored or frustrated and we'll be doing loads of stuff in there and across the website and of course in the magazine moving forward um you know plenty of stuff to be positive about in a very difficult time for everybody uh so look after yourselves and stay safe have you done your hour of walking today or your outside your outside bit i've not done my outside bit actually where i live there's quite a lot of people so i haven't been going out every day because 
it's like it's not quite as relaxing as you'd imagine still walk because you have to cross the road like every couple of minutes yeah. so i'll be <laughs> so instead i've been doing some tai chi in the mornings followed by the joe wicks workout and i've got some more if my shoulder gets better and my avocado helps I've got some more Tai Chi tonight, so that'll be nice. Awesome. Oh, I should keep that reminded me. Thanks to everyone that joined oh, our yeah. live stream uh, Doom Yoga session on uh, Tuesday night. Um, that was a great, great time. Um, we did it live over Instagram. Uh, we had a load of people all getting involved and doing it. Uh, you can look up Doom Yoga on Instagram. They're doing live stream stuff all the time. Um, we're going to try and maybe do another thing like that uh, coming up soon. And there'll be loads more stuff as well. Playlists, shows. We're working on some fun shit. There's going to be a lot of it. So stay tuned, everybody. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll see you next week on the podcast. See you. Goodbye, friends.